You know, today we're going to continue the sermon series, Why Church? And the reason we decided to do this series is that we wanted to um, basically acknowledge that we know that we have challenges today in our world and in our U.S. culture related to church and people seeing church as relevant and life-changing and important and hearing especially from younger generations why church you know what Dee will find in Donna and Carrie Lynn those are the three they've got others but those are the three they'll find that in New Zealand there are not a whole lot of people in church And how many of us have been to Europe on a Sunday morning and walked into a beautiful church and you found yourself there with one other person who was lighting a candle in a corner? I wonder if it will ever be like that in our country where church has been so much of the fabric of who we are. So why church? We want to get to the basics. And today, I want to address the basics that I'm calling the Lord's edition. And I want us to talk this morning about how important it is for us to be able to witness to Jesus loves me, you. The love of God that we as the church are called to proclaim. This is the message that we have for the world. God loves me you now I want to take us all back because I think most of us can relate to this maybe not all but most of us and I think all of us know the song Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so I see enough people um, doing this that we will sing this later on so be tuning up (laughs) be tuning up And, and, you know, though we teach this to children, and, and though this may have been the first song or hymn you ever sang that, uh, that, that was a Christian song, um, the, the message is so important, not just for children, but for all of us to know that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Well, I got really interested in where did this, this song come from, and so I... I did a little searching and found out that Jesus Loved Me, This I Know, appeared first as a poem in a novel in 1860 that was written by two sisters, the Warner sisters, and they wrote this novel that was a bestseller in its day. You can still get it online today, and it's called Say and Seal. So in the novel, there, there's a character named Mr. Linden. And Mr. Linden is sharing with a little boy who is dying. And Mr. Linden is sharing this poem with him. The little boy's name is Johnny Fax. Now, now we, we know the chorus. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They're weak and we're strong. See? He is strong. We're not strong. Thank you. But I want you to get into your head this novel 
And, and this Mr. Linden character talking to this little boy named Johnny Fax who is dying. And the verses of that poem that we never sing, or rarely do, may not have even heard them before. Johnny Linden shared, he witnessed, he witnessed, Jesus loves me, loves me still. Though I'm very weak and ill, that I might from sin be free, bled and died upon the tree. Jesus loved me, he who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. Jesus loved me. He will stay close beside me all the way. Thou hast bled and died for me. I will henceforth live with thee. Now what I want us to appreciate is I want us to appreciate that in 1860, in this novel, the, the character is witnessing to a little boy through a poem that we still sing today and teach to our children. It's a staple. Jesus loves me. And today we're going to be reading from the second chapter of Acts. And I want us to... to to get a little background on the second chapter of Acts. The second chapter of Acts was written by Luke. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke. And then he wrote the, the, the second uh, version of, or volume of that. And it was the Acts of the Apostles. Now what Luke is doing is he is witnessing to the church through the Acts of the Apostles. And he is writing down what the church was like right after the resurrection of Jesus. What I want us to appreciate is that for the Christians in that day, it was a time of peril. It was a time of persecution. It was a time where you could be killed for your faith. And many were. And so what Luke is saying through the gospel of Luke uplifting the life of Jesus and then through the acts of the apostles where the apostles are testifying to the faith and the way God is moving is he is saying to the church have hope let me witness let me share with you this story that is the greatest story ever told because it's not a novel it's the truth it's the Bible. See, Luke, through the Acts of the Apostles, wanted Christians who were in this tremendous persecution to forever know how special and significant they were to God and that God not only loved them here, but would love them throughout eternity, no matter what. And what I want us to appreciate is the ones whom Luke was 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 testifying to, was wit who he was witnessing to, these are, are, are those who many of them became martyrs. Many of them were persecuted. Many of them were put to death by the Roman government. Uh, in, in the time that they were reading this, for the first time and hearing the testimony for the first time from Luke. Now I want us to be reminded that these martyrs would not have died for something that was not true, that they believed to be untrue. They would not have died for fake news. They would not have died for a falsehood. They would not have died for a, a cause 
that they didn't believe in. They died for something that they had given their life to. It was the truth. That Jesus loved me, this I know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is truth. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. I'd like to ask you to stand right now. I'm going to read this witness Acts 2, beginning with the 42nd verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. And all who believed were together. And had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods. And distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day as they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at home. They ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having the goodwill of all of the people. And day by day the Lord added to their number those Who were being saved. Okay you can be seated. This is God's edition. You you, you do this church. And the Lord will add to your number. Day by day. And this is what Luke was testifying to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It was important that they listened to the teachings of the apostles because the apostles had firsthand experience of Jesus in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension. And so they were sharing this story firsthand. And, and, And we know... That, that those who shared the story were killed. All of the apostles were killed, tradition tells us, except for John who died an elderly man. And the first letters that we have in the Bible written by Paul, First and Second Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, the oldest book in the New Testament, just a little word of tribute there, and they were written 15 to 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus. And the Gospels and Acts of the Apostles was written 15 more years, 20 more years later. So for nearly 40 years, the only um, proclamation that they had, the only teaching that they had was word of mouth about Jesus and about the early church and about what was going on and about the transformation that was happening. And they passed it on to ones who would come after them and ones who would come after them before there was ever anything written that was circulated as the word of God in scripture. The New Testament that is. So why the church? It's because the the teaching of the church is grounded so in, in the life and the love of Jesus that it underscores our message to the world. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so.
And secondly, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. You know, it's important that we know that we are connected not only to human beings in fellowship, but we're connected first to God in fellowship who calls us to be connected to others. And we call our fellowship Christian fellowship. You know, I think sometimes we undervalue the importance of Christian fellowship in the way that God heals us in the midst of fellowship. You know, we had a horrendous act happen in this country, another one. Not only did we have a a week of bomb scares, but just as we were thanking God that no one got hurt, then a man walks into a synagogue in Pittsburgh, kills 11 people. Our prayers this morning, I've been so moved by the prayers of, of, of so many people and, and, and so many leaders of this country and, and really around the world have come to say, you know, our prayers are for these who've lost loved ones. Our prayers are for that community that, that has lost friends. Our prayers are, are for our world that is so full of hate and so full of division that we'd do such a thing. Or someone would. And I guarantee you when we look into the life of this person. He'll be just like the, 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 the persons who do these mass shootings. He'll be a loner. He will not have come out of a healthy Christian fellowship yesterday. He will have lost connection with people and with the goodness of God. He will not understand that Jesus loves him. He couldn't do what he did if he did understand that. We have a world in need of the good news that we have to share. And Christian fellowship is so important. Crosswalk, we need to know each other in other places other than worship. We need to have small groups. We need to have classes. We need to to be in groups small enough where we can know each other's names and can know each other's needs and can be praying for one another in Christian fellowship. And if there's someone who's in our midst who is hurting and who is drifting away, we can bring them in. It's, It's what we're called to do. Why, church? You gotta be kidding. And these Christians that Luke is witnessing about devoted themselves to the breaking of the bread and to prayers. Worship is vital to our lives. We were created for relationship with God. And relationship with God is at the heart of what Christian worship is all about. We gather here to say thank you and to praise God who first loved us. In a community of believers, we we teach, we preach, we we, we proclaim the, uh, the good news of the gospel, the love of Jesus. But we do so not as performers. This band is not a performance group. 
I'm not doing this because I like to stand on stage. We're all doing this because we're sharing our different parts in worship to an audience of one, and that's God. We center all that we do in Christian ministry and outreach in worship, saying first, thank you to God, and then... going into the world to serve. You know, the last feature of this urban community was one that said that they devoted themselves, in essence, to the economic and financial responsibilities of the community, the fellowship. They shared what they had with one another. So that there was no one who was needy in their midst. See the church that Luke was testifying to was a church where people were coming to faith. And they were being ostracized from their families. And they were cast out from their friends groups. And some of them probably lost their employment. And there were needs within the Christian family. And so people gave and they even sold their stuff so that. There would be no one who was needy in their midst. You know, when I came here to this church, we, we were a different church than we became a few years later. When, when we, we looked at ministry and outreach, is that what we do for others who are needy? And then all of a sudden our church changed. and We had really needy persons in our very midst as if they weren't here before. But we had people who were coming from refugee situations and who were very poor. We had people coming in numbers we'd never seen before who were dealing with addictions and they were very much in need. We had persons who were getting out of prison, some of them serving decades, and they were coming to the church that had visited them there and still do. The church is not like any other charity. We have some good charities. One of the things I love about the United States is that we're such a giving nation. We, we give to so many good things. There are so many charities that we support. But the church's giving is different. We give to God. Not to the church. We give to God. We, we have to understand that in order to understand Christian giving. Is Our gifts are to God. And the church is then commissioned to distribute that through ministry and outreach that touches others so that there'll be no needy in our midst, in our world. See, the proper perspective is we give to the one who's given all to us. Giving to charity is great. Don't quit giving to charity. But when you give in the church, you need to understand there is a historical connection to what we do that goes back even before Jesus. To our Judeo heritage. And friends, what the, the Bible says, what we read this morning about all of these things, when we devote ourselves to the teaching of the church, when we devote ourselves to Christian fellowship, when we devote ourselves to worship, when we devote what we have in our giving to God, God adds to our number. Day by day, 
You know, today we'll have a, a couple who've recently come into our midst to be baptized. One's professing faith one, and is going to remember baptism. One is being baptized. One has some challenges with hearing, maybe here right now. Aren't you glad we have a church where people who have challenges with hearing find a place here in Christian fellowship? Aren't you glad that we're a church that that, that people from all different walks of life can come here and find Christian fellowship? Aren't you glad that we have long since sold out to God has called us to love all people and all means all into relationship with Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad? That wasn't my idea. It wasn't yours either. It was God's. God didn't die on a cross in Jesus for the good people. He died for all people. No exceptions. Jesus loves me, this I know, it, 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 it is universal me. I hope there's no one in this place that doesn't know Jesus' love for you. So much that if you were the only one on the face of this earth, he'd have died for you. Friends, when you join the United Methodist Church, we say, will you be loyal to the church? The church. Not the United Methodist Church. The church. And uphold it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, your witness. We used to not say witness. We just started doing that a few years ago. We decided we'd throw in witness. I'm so glad we did because it's biblical. It's perhaps the most important thing. Because what we do is all about a witness of how Jesus' love has changed us. To where we want the presence and the the gifts and the service and And the prayers, we want all of that that the apostles said. This is what's important to the church. So I want you to try out your witness. I don't want anybody to to think this morning that you came here and you didn't understand clearly what the preacher was saying this morning. The preacher said, bottom line, why the church? Because we're the ones called to say Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. I want to hear how you sound. Stand up. The band's probably coming. I don't really need them for this. But they'll probably want to do something after this. Friends. If your heart was broken as mine was yesterday about yet another act of violence and the taking of lives 
then you know we have work to do. You need to bring somebody next Sunday. You need to make a list of five people that you need this. This. And pray about them. And invite them. Until they come. And when they come, that's all you have to do. Trust the Holy Spirit to move. Trust the Holy Spirit to witness because no one witnesses like the Holy Spirit. Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong yes Jesus loves me Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Do I have a witness? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. You're one of those little ones. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me the body